On today's episode of Locked on Wild Unsolved Mysteries, we investigate the mysterious disappearance of several key components for the Minnesota Wild. Where have they gone? Will they return? We discuss today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham, and this is Locked On Wild. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes throughout the week. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we investigate the mysterious disappearance of uh, a few critical components for the Minnesota Wilds. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some notable names in the case of Matt Boldy, and uh, we'll talk about a couple of other key contributors as well. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. I hope you're still with us after the worst Robert Stack impression probably heard in the uh, history of Robert Stack impressions. Um, and honestly, like I remember as a kid watching Unsolved Mysteries all the time, all the time. And we have a little bit of an unsolved mystery, several of them actually. On our hands. So I thought that would be a fun tie-in, but my impressions need some work. So we're going to discuss today some players that just flat out have vanished from uh, being productive members of this Minnesota Wild team. And we're going to start with the guy who had a extremely productive return to the Minnesota Wild last year before the trade deadline. Marcus Johansson, who ended up with 18 points in 20 games last year. He had six goals, 12 assists, 18 total points. He was a plus six in those 20 games. He had a power play goal. He shot 14% on uh, 42 shots on goal in those 20 games. And, I mean, he was averaging over 17 minutes on ice per game. Uh, Had just seven giveaways in those 20 games. All in all, played a uh, pretty effective role for the Minnesota Wilds and helped give them a solid second line last year with Matt Boldy, Jewel Eriksson-Eck, and Marcus Johansson. Made us think fondly of the Kevin Fiala, Freddie Goudreau, Matt Boldy line from two seasons ago. So far this year, uh, Marcus Johansson has not played like a second line guy. And let's look at the the series of events that led to kind of where we are now. So Johansson performs very well in those final 20 games of the season. He gets dinged up at the end of the season, unfortunately. And then we go into the postseason 
uh, and he has two goals in six games and is maybe one of the players who performs the best considering all of the no-shows in that series against the Dallas Stars, but he was also a minus five in those six games. And he gets the two-year extension with no movement protection from Bill Guerin after the season was over. So he's here for the next two seasons and has some uh, trade protection to ensure that he is likely not going anywhere. And this year, the results have been, well, frankly, pretty bad. You look at what Johansson has done so far this season. He, in 17 games, has eight total points, just one goal, seven assists. He's a minus five. He has already committed two penalties so far this season. He didn't have any penalties in the 20 games in the regular season with the Wild last year. Uh, has one power play point so far this season. He's shooting 3.3% in 30 shots uh, in 17 games. So if he can average four shots per game over the next three, he'll get to that same number of 42. But I think the thing that has uh, just been interesting so far here this season is, and it doesn't, it's not a, it's not up a crazy amount. But in 17 games, Johansson has turned the puck over 11 times, which if you look, uh, courtesy of moneypuck.com, that number of turnovers actually puts him uh, up near the top of the list in terms of uh, Minnesota Wild players. He is actually fourth on the list in terms of giveaways so far this season. We've talked extensively about the problem this team has with – getting just hanging on to the puck there there are a lot of problems with hanging on to the puck for this team so far this season but I think the other one as well Marcus Johansson so far this year is three goals below his expected pace through 17 games now you can attribute if you spread it out over the course of a full season if a player is three goals below expected, you know, let's say you're expected to score 23 goals. You still have 20. You can. Okay. That's, that's fine. But to be three goals below expected right now is a concern. And he's not shooting a ton and hasn't been over the, uh, the last few games. Um, In fact, Honestly, his five shots in the last two games is more than he had in the previous three games combined. And so you talk about these guys that are just playing passengers, and and he brought a critical component to that Boldy and Erickson Eck line last year as being the guy who could speed around the zone um, and create opportunities to either shoot himself or to set up Boldy or Erickson Eck. Now, to be fair, that line combo has hardly played together this year because of the injury to Matt Boldy and the general ineffectiveness of large parts of the lineup, to say the least, throughout these uh, first 17 games of the season. So you haven't had that line combination 
to really work with so far this year. But Johansson has been consistently in the top six. He has consistently been in the top six so far this season. And so whether it be playing with Marco Rossi, whether it be playing with Matt Zuccarello and Ryan Hartman, whether it be playing with Matt Boldy and Jewel Erickson Eck, he's been getting those same types of opportunities that he got down the stretch last year and is not producing. And so you talk about all of these different extensions that have been handed out by Bill Guerin. And if you look at them at face value, Zuccarello at least is putting points on the board. Uh, Ryan Hartman so far has outpaced his expected goals this season, as has Zuccarello. Marcus Johansson, three goals below expected, 17 games into the season. That is on pace for about 13 or 14 over the course of a season. Um, That you can't have. That is the kind of thing that gets noticeable. And is just too much for this team to uh, to try to overcome. And, you know, you couple that in with what Alex said yesterday and Gustav Nyquist having a decent season for Nashville. And I know there wasn't money to get Nyquist back, but it's these types of things is paying a guy and giving him protection to stay based off of a 20 game sample size last year. Because let's not forget the reason that he got retained is because he was one of Bill Guerin's guys. Bill Guerin traded Eric Stahl back when he first started. He traded Eric Stahl to Buffalo in exchange for Marcus Johansson. And yes, we can give benefit of the doubt because Johansson was pretty seriously injured that first time that he came to Minnesota. But that was one of the guys that Bill Guerin sought out to bring in here. And to this point this season, he has been well below what is needed for him uh, so far this season. And again, he's not getting dropped in the lineup. He's getting those second line opportunities consistently. So you want to talk about names that need to uh, step it up? Put JoJo on the list. He needs to pick it up uh, for this wild team. Now, there are certainly bigger problems in front of him, as we'll talk about here in a minute, but let's not discount the disappearing act that has been Marcus Johansson so far this season, and it's one that has had a big impact on this team's failures to be cohesive so far this season. So Johansson is one. We'll move on to another, a bigger problem uh, with the lineup so far as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities, whether it be Marco Rossi scoring a hat trick, Brock Faber scoring the game-winning goal, or someday, somewhere down the line, the Minnesota Wild hoisting the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked on NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is decide whether stud players like Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, and Nathan McKinnon will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. 
Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild also brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. On the NFL side, the Minnesota Vikings host the Chicago Bears in Monday Night Football. A good opportunity for you to pick the Vikings to get back on track at home in prime time. And if you pick up the win, you can use those bonus dollars to throw on player props, such as receiving yards for TJ Hawkinson or Jordan Addison, or at some point soon, Justin Jefferson as well. There are a wide range of other betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, make sure you tune in tomorrow as we will discuss the Kirill Kaprizov conundrum. Alliteration aside, uh, we are going to talk about what's going on because uh, Bill Guerin had some interesting comments on the Chad Hartman show today that we will uh, factor into uh, all the things that we have been observing ourselves. And uh, we'll just run through the options. If it's this, if it's this, what do we do about it? Because obviously that's going to have to change too. But getting back to our uh, unsolved mysteries edition of uh, Lockdown Wild, we got a bigger disappearance than uh, Marcus Johansson for this team so far, and his name is Matt Boldy. Um, Boldy has had just some frustrating games so far this season for the Wild. And you look at the two games overseas in Sweden, and you come away with a guy who is supposed to be your second option, or you hope is going to be your second option on this team. Come away with three total shots in the two games. That's not acceptable at all. And it just illustrates a further pattern that we have seen with Boldy so far in his young career is that it seems like he plays passenger way too much. The theme of being a passenger is one that comes up way too often for this Minnesota Wild team. And for a guy like Boldy, you go back to the Dallas game, and I know it's one that the Wilds got trounced in 8-3. to three, But you at least see five shots on net. And I think for a guy of that caliber for this team, you just need to see a higher volume of shots. I understand that there are other things that can be done uh, to impact the game if you're not finding particular opportunities to uh, to shoot, but those are the guys you're paying to score the goals. And so the goals have to come from somewhere, and you'd rather it be a guy like Boldy um, as opposed to just having it be, you know, those other role players on the team. And it's, I think, particularly worrisome for people 
because you just signed him to a seven-year extension. And again, as has been a common theme with the Bill Guerin tenure, is it seems like the money is handed out based off of one particular outcome, which was Boldy scoring 30 goals last season. It seems like the money is handed out with the assumption that that is the standard and that if a player doesn't reach that, that it's a matter of simply demanding that they get back to it. When in reality, it could be, it could be at this point that that was the best that Matt Boldy has to offer. Now, we certainly hope that that's not the case, but let's think about the scenario that played out for Boldy last season. If you look at what he did over the course of the year, Kirill Kaprizov went out of the lineup and everything flipped for Boldy at that point. He scored 13 goals in the month of March. He took over uh, and really propelled this team to uh, just being able to surprisingly hold the fort down with Kaprizov out of the lineup. But what happened once Kaprizov returned is that Boldy then went quiet. He had three points in the series against the Dallas Stars. He was a minus five. Now, he was getting shots on net, at least in the uh, first two games of the series. But then after that, he went really quiet. And again, that's just not something that you can have on this team with the amount of money that he's being paid. He's got to be a shooter first. There are many instances in which you're seeing him and you're seeing Kaprizov. I don't want to go into Kaprizov too much because, like I said, he's getting a full episode uh, to discuss what's going on with him. But those are the guys that have to be the ones to shoot. Boldy has the skill to be a goal scorer in this league. He just has to have the want to to be one. And so... I found it funny that visually it looked better for Boldy while statistically three shots in two games is flat out unacceptable. And the coaching staff has talked to him multiple times already this season. At what point does it just become nagging? Like if you are a player who is locked into a deal in which there really is little chance that you end up getting moved. Although in Boldy's case, compared to some of the other players on this team, it seems like he has fewer hurdles that would need to be cleared in order for him to be moved. It just seems like there is a level of comfort on this team. And I'm not stealing that from Russo and Joe Smith. I know that was a factor uh, in their article. Um, that uh, that was published on the Athletic. I know that was one of the things that they looked into this uh, this season so far. That's been something I think that we have said at Lockdown Wild for uh, for a while now too. Uh, so it's not a new idea, um, at least in our circles. But I think it's a I think it's a problem because it, at some point, if your teacher is nagging you to get your homework done, and you know it's close to the end of the school year. And it's not an assignment that is going to like make or break your grade. You're really going to do it. 
Like if you are dealing with somebody who you know is is not going to be around probably hopefully long term, are you really going to take what they say into consideration? So for Boldy so far this year, and it's funny, eight points in the 10 games that he's played, but it just it feels like he has gone several games without uh, really doing much of anything. Um, and in his last five games, just two points. And uh, the last two games, three total shots. That that you can't have. So as absent as Marcus Johansson has been, Matt Boldy has, uh, has certainly been a problem as well. Now, we're going to finish with maybe a little optimism for once in this show. Uh, in talking about another player who has been notably absent so far this season, but we may have seen a bit of a turnaround in his game. We will talk about the state of the Gus Bus as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by BetterHelp. This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of these feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNHL. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Again, reminder on tomorrow's show, the Kaprizov conundrum. We're going to talk about all the possibilities and what needs to happen to get Kirill back on track or how to properly respond if there is indeed something going on that uh, needs to be taken care of. So that's coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, we've got content for you all week long leading up to Friday's game against the Colorado Avalanche. We'll be back at the XL Energy Center for that one. Should be fun. We'll see. But um, we've been talking about players that have been notably absent so far this season. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Philip Gustafson because his struggles have been notable so far this season. If you look at the stats, they certainly paint a picture. Um, so far this season, a 4-1-5 goals against average, an 882 save percentage. If you look at his adjusted goals against average, which factors in essentially bad luck goals and tries to give the goalie a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, um, depending on different circumstances. Uh, his adjusted goals against average is identical to his actual goals against average. So what you see is largely what you get with Philip Gustafson. His goals saved above average, currently at 5.9 goals below average so far this season after being 31 goals saved above average last season. And there are a lot of different areas in which he has struggled. 
Um, for instance, in high danger opportunities, he actually, with uh, his performance on in Sweden, actually has gotten his high danger save percentage uh, up to eight four four, which is a career high. Um, his power play save percentage, though, still is at uh, eighty point four percent. His overall save percentage at even strength is eight eighty five. These numbers all substantially lower than uh, what he did last season. And you look at his performance against the Ottawa Senators, and one of the problems in that game for the Minnesota Wild was their inability to match offensively what the Ottawa Senators were doing. And there were no shortage of opportunities for the Senators to break into the zone and get shots on net. And Philip Gustafson performed his arguably one of his best games of the season. He was a perfect five for five in high danger chances, five saves and five attempts. He saved 1.01 goals above expected, which was the most he's had in a game since the uh, Florida Panthers shutout on opening night. But you look at it as well. The senators were only expected to score 2.01 goals in that game, which tells you that, as we have heard, the rumors are indeed true that the defense played better. And five high danger chances in a particular game is much more palatable than some of the other games that he has had so far this season, in which he's faced as many as 13. So I think is Philip Gustafson. Getting back on track, perhaps. I think what we're seeing more, though, is that in order for him to be able to get back on track and to, I don't know that he'll get to the level that he was at last year, but to get to the level of a guy who can be a capable goalie, he's going to need some help from this wild decor to just stop the onslaught, stop the onslaught of save or of shot opportunities coming in from the face-off circles and in just keep it as outside as possible and and clean up just all around the net clean it up keep it clean so if those two units can work together then i think there's hope that gustafson can build off of what he did against the senators but again there are far more problems than uh, than those that have uh, plagued this team so far. And again, we can circle back with Gustafson, who I don't think anybody was questioning the decision to sign him to a long-term deal after last season. But again, you're you're going with, you know, a length, a term based off of one year and locking in, assuming that that is going to be the standard. And so often, so often in sports, unless you are a very solid franchise, like stability-wise, solid GM at the top, great head coach, got a great structure of players coming in, coming out, unless you're one of those types of franchises, in sports, things becoming the standard is just so rare 
to happen. Um, New England Patriots in the NFL. How many other teams can say that they went on a 15, 20-year run with essentially the same thing over and over and over again and had that level of success? It just doesn't happen. I mean, maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins in the NHL, a team that has been close to a playoff team for as long as they have. And even in there, you're getting a bunch of turnover. You are having players on and off the roster. And so to just assume, and that's what it is, it's an assumption, to just assume that all of these different things, because they happen once, all of these different things are going to continue to happen and continue to be the exception, continue to be the rule rather than the exception. It's it's dicey. It's very dicey, and we're seeing the products here, and we're seeing some of these guys that are not what they were last season, but were rewarded for that. And now the exception, the expectation is going to be that they get back to it. They might, they might not, but you're locked in now, and uh, you've got to, you got to just hope that they uh, they get to that level, because otherwise. Otherwise, what do you have? So that will do it for today's episode of Locked on Wilds. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wilds your first listen each and every day, except in the instances in which I do these uh, Locked on Wild after darks. But uh, we appreciate you listening to those as well. I will be back in a normal schedule tomorrow with the Kirill Kaprizov conundrum. Taking a look at Kaprizov's struggles so far this season, what's causing it. We'll look into the stats and more to uh, discuss that on tomorrow's episode. So make sure to tune in then. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you have not already so you don't miss out on any future content here at Locked on Wild. We've got new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.